For great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts, the TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. You're with Brian McLean and Steve Hook and State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome to State of the Nation on today's News Talk with Steve Hook and myself, Brian McLean. We're live from central new jersey and central texas respectively visit us on the web tntradio.live is the website join the interactive live chat room over there or uh hit up one of those chats that is embedded in the video feeds today's news talk is live on video and audio 24 7 so join us on rumble odyssey uh youtube all the good video platforms now steve welcome to state of the nation it is friday january the 5th last uh last broadcast for the week and uh we're in it we're in 2024 now my friend now we are officially in it we have now well after today's show we'll have done our first week of many wonderful weeks ahead for uh, 2024 and it promises to be a huge news year i mean not just the election but all of the uh shenanigans that go with the election so it's uh yeah it's good to be with you brother yeah absolutely you know um i have to point this out uh joe biden's campaign launched its first uh, propaganda video of the year and in it biden calls millions of americans extremists yet again uh with images of trump supporters made to look bad and in the video Vi- biden arrogantly says quote there is an extremist movement that does not share the basic beliefs of our democracy and quote of course he's referring to patriotic americans who love this country and potentially support trump um and biden's video showed images from the january 6th capitol protest and the charlottesville march now steve i find this interesting and uh infuriating on many levels and i believe that many of you will also uh, especially when you watch it if you watch the video that goes with this one of the things that you'll see there is the uh i don't, I don't know iconic uh psychological operation of the gallo with the hangman's noose uh that was um you know uh probably set up by the fbi uh, we've talked yeah. with some of our guests about this. Uh, there's there's a whole documentary about it. My apologies to our guest. I don't have his name to hand. Maybe you would remember it, Steve. But uh, he did a whole report on this. Many people have, uh, you know. And it's like, okay, so... And the other thing, Steve, that really gets me about this is it's the almost exact same thing he launched his initial presidential campaign with back in uh you know last cycle uh it yeah. was the same thing it was charlottesville it was a whole bunch of footage of ginned up uh events that were um captured and uh, by the mass media and created by uh federal informants and federal agents in many cases so uh biden did not do anything creative he did not do anything um productive he simply is launching his second campaign for president here on the same old tropes that he did last time yeah well first of all i would just say that biden wouldn't know democracy or in our case a constitutional republic if it kicked him in the plums he just doesn't know it he doesn't give a rip about it he doesn't 
He's just there to he, the big guy's there to get his 10%. That's what this is all about. And as far as his ad can as ad goes, I agree, man. It's a retread of 2020. Uh, it's not gonna play. Uh, because but you know, if you don't have anything else to run on, what's he gonna run on? He, he can sit there and uh, out Bidenomics when people are uh, you know, scrimp, scrimping and scrounging to to get uh, to put food on the table. So he can't go to the economics. He can't go to the southern border. He can't go to foreign policy. He can't go to energy. He can't go to pretty much anything. All he can go to is J6 and Charlottesville, which happened years ago um, and has been lied about ever since, by the way, it should be mentioned. So, yeah, this is just a retread. I don't think it's going to work. Uh, but you know, this is why this also explains why we have so many lawsuits and how this lawfare is being played out against Trump. It's because they know we better do something because the old man hasn't got the cognitive abilities put to, uh, to put together a, a cogent and coherent, uh, argument for why he should be reelected. And I would, I would, uh, I would, uh, pro, uh, pro offer this anyone who thinks he does deserve to be reelected, uh, it needs to have their head examined because the guy is uh, woefully inadequate as president. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, he went his, on his poll yeah. numbers show it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he went on to say, quote, MAGA Republicans do not respect the constitution. They do not believe <laughs> in the rule of law. They promote, get this, they promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence and quote, Wow. Uh, the only people that are going to believe these talking points are people with Trump derangement syndrome at this point. So pretty small audience for a presidential uh, campaign run. And real quick, Steve, um, before I go to ruckus here, uh, last January, I covered this story. I think uh, I might have even talked about it with you on the Steve Hook show. Uh, but a robber was shot to death by a patron in a, at a taqueria uh, in Houston. Uh, and this robber was using a BB gun, but he was robbing customers at gunpoint. So uh, a man seated near the robber jumped into action, shot him dead. And this week, Harris County has decided uh, they're not going to indict this guy. It was a uh, legal uh, self-defense. So uh, just wanted to throw that one out there as an update. You know, even in the uh, corrupted city of Houston, uh, you can still defend yourself in some cases, Steve. Yeah, a grand jury found him not guilty, and why wouldn't they? I mean, this guy, for all intents and purposes, he could have been carrying a three fifty seven Magnum. Nobody knew. Uh, yeah. They, you know, you you take a, a water gun and paint it black. Uh, you're messing with uh, you're messing with your own life if you start, especially in the state of Texas. Yes, it's Houston, uh, but there's still open carry all over Texas. Uh, just unbelievable. I mean, um, I'm glad that the guy uh, got off. Uh, I wish he would have stuck around for the police to say, hey, here's a deal. But you know what? He still split. He did turn himself in, and a grand jury has done the right thing and acquitted this man uh, before he could serve one day in jail, and and he shouldn't have. One day would be uh, 24 hours too long. Uh, but that's, uh, you know, you mess around. You, you poke the bear, and if the bear pokes back, uh, don't come don't come bitching to, uh, you know, to, to uh, law enforcement. That's I guess that's yeah. the moral of the story. Yeah, and in the washout, uh, one Eric Washington, age 30, shot and killed as he walked through that restaurant robbing people. Um, and what do you know? A convicted criminal. Hmm, who'd have thunk? I would have figured he was a future doctor or lawyer. But hey, I thought, I, thought he was, I thought he was an NRA member. Uh, you sure yeah. he wasn't an NRA member? <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure, pretty sure. All right, don't miss out on a thing. Be sure and download the TNT app. Today's News Talk app is wonderful from either the Apple App Store or Google Play, so you can easily listen to us live anywhere, anytime. Download it now and keep up to speed on today's News Talk. There's a lot going on, so it's important to stay informed and up to date. Get ready, because here we go. At the top, 30 minutes past and when it breaks. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. A newly released study shows that ever since constitutional carry law was implemented in Ohio, the state has seen significant decreases in gun crime across several of its cities. Interesting. Nice dovetail here. Here with the story joining us now is TNT news producer Adam Clark. Uh, Ruckus, this fits nicely with what we were just talking about. And as Steve pointed out, uh, Texas is a constitutional carry state, and look what kind of things can happen. Uh, yeah, well, you play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Um, on to Ohio here. Uh, this is proof in the pudding. This is like, this is great. You can actually look at the data. This is like science, not the science, copyright, trademarked. Uh, but Ohio just over a year ago became the 23rd U.S. state to allow individuals to carry a firearm without permit i.e. constitutional carry. Um, and this idea was hit with criticisms <laughs> uh, when the state realized it could not require individuals to, quote, get fingerprinted, pay a fee, or, quote, ask for permission from the local sheriff, end quote. Michael Weinman, director of governmental affairs for the Ohio Fraternal Order of Police, told um, a publication by the name of Governing back in June 2022 that the move was potentially dangerous. He said, quote, it's still a bad bill. There's going to be people without any training, without any background check, end quote, i.e. people who are allowed to carry guns. But the uh, the facts are in. Uh, Ohio's own office of the attorney general released statistics that claim gun crime has actually decreased in the state since the constitutional carry has been adopted and enforced. The Center for Justice Research was assigned to study the relationship between the new rules and crime involving a firearm before and after permitless carry came into effect. The study tracked crimes involving a firearm, gunshot incidents, and the impact of the new rules on law enforcement. The study found in its trend analysis that there had been a, quote, significant decrease in crime incidents involving a firearm for Akron, Columbus, and Toledo, and across all eight cities combined from June 21st to June 23, um, June 2023, end quote. Uh, so they, they looked at eight cities. The other ones that they referenced were Cleveland, Cincinnati, Dayton, Parma, and Canton. Uh, however, two of those cities, Cincinnati and Dayton, actually saw an increase in gun crime since the permitless carry was enacted despite a downward trend overall across the state. So you can look at this study and you can tell that, you know, oh, wow, it, Crime is down with guns. What did we do that changed? Oh, that's right. More people are armed and the armed, the would-be criminals know it. So they, they, they don't want to play the stupid game and get the stupid prizes. So they're, they're being smart. They're, they're, not, they're not being criminals anymore. See how that works? This is neat. Maybe everybody should do this. What do you guys think? <laughs> I tell you what I think. I think it, it, it is in perfect alignment uh, with what John Lott has always said. Of course, John Lott wrote the book, More Guns, Less Crime, and it's true. It's just true. If you think you have a shot, and this is exactly why most mass shootings uh, happen at gun-free zones uh, where they know they're not going to have any uh, anyone armed uh, opposing them, 
Once you once you uh, put that seed of doubt in a criminal's head, then they're going to be a little bit more wary. I think this is, I mean, it's like the sun rises in the east and it sets in the west. Nothing could be more obvious than this. Uh, and I, I think the facts are bearing that out. Ash, what do you think, man? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, it, it goes with the old saying, an armed populace is a more polite populace. Uh, criminals are dumb, but they still have a sense of self-preservation, right? Uh, that's why you see so much violence in gun-free zones. Obviously, we've talked about this many times. And, uh, you know, th- this and, and on top of that, well, it's first off, it's good to see the those numbers falling. I mean, 22% in Parma. 18% down in Archon, um, Akron, and Toledo, 6% in Cleveland, 11% in Columbus. Um, Dayton and Cincinnati went up, however. Uh, that's probably more, uh, you know, cultural and uh, and that sort of thing, you know, what's going on in that society there. Um, but this is, this is uh, a good indication of why uh women and vulnerable people should carry whatever they're legally and lawfully able to carry to protect themselves because um these criminals are not going to just stop doing crime they're going to look for people that they think will not be able to defend themselves so if you have uh that look of you know uh, always staring at your phone head always down you know not clearly not aware of your surroundings these are the type of people, you know, women with kids. These are the type of people that will, will, you know, criminals will try to roll as more and more of the citizenry arms themselves. So, um, yeah, yeah. My suggestion would be to uh, train and arm yourself and carry legally and lawfully and know the laws in, uh, in your state. And, uh, yeah. And and keep voting. Keep uh, keep pushing. Keep pushing your. Uh, if you don't have constitutional carry yet what are you doing what's wrong with your state i think it's uh half of them now somewhere between 23 and 26 states so uh let's see this trend continue and let's watch the violence uh go down hopefully hopefully yeah hopefully so that's exactly right i it's kind of like the old adage you know good fences make great neighbors well you know a well-armed populace as you said kind of is a safer populace. I just think that's so obvious. And I think that these people that are anti-gun, they're not they're not really even anti-gun. They're anti-gun ownership. They're anti-defense. You have no right to defend yourself. I mean, you know, these people in Texas wanted to put this guy away for life that shot the guy at the Taqueria. For what? Well, what he should have done is just sat there and handed the handed the guy anything he wanted and hoped that he didn't get shot. I mean, that's just that doesn't make sense to me. So I'm happy to yeah. see this uh, see this go down in Ohio. I've seen too many um, active self protection videos and police activity videos and stuff like that, where people do compliance is not a bad option. <laughs> you have to really know when compliance when you want to gamble with compliance. If someone has the yeah. drop on you, you probably don't want to try to pull your gun out and and take them out. You got to wait your turn. That's what they would say over at Active Self Defense. Um, yeah. but yeah, compliant, a lot of times people trying to comply end up getting killed anyways. I've seen this happen over and over again, and you just don't know if someone has a BB gun and they can't kill you, or if they say, Hey, comply, give me your wallet, give me your phone and I won't kill you. And then they kill you anyways. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. And that's why many people choose to try to defend themselves. Ruckus, anything further on this? 
Uh, the Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost, uh, he said during a statement about this study that he was involved in here that he, quote, did genuinely did not know what the study would find, end quote. I'm going to call him a liar. Of course he knew it was going to find. I mean, everybody with half a brain who hasn't been brainwashed into thinking that guns kill people and not people kill people knew what this study would find. It's it's obvious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you, Ruckus. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk. TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. 13 Israeli hostages released uh, as part of that ceasefire deal uh, 49 days after they were taken hostage. 49 days. So that still leaves about 225 to 227 more hostages. Uh, I'm with John Bolton, the former national security advisor to Donald Trump. I'm with Britt Hume of, uh, of Fox News. I'm with a bunch of other people who say this gives Hamas too much time to do whatever they want to do, to do whatever they need to do, to regroup, to rearm, to re-strategize. And as much as you want the hostages back, it can't be at the expense of the other part of the mission, which is to destroy Hamas. So I think it's a mistake. Steve Malzberg on TNT Radio. Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. The human mind is like a computer, no matter how efficient it may be. Its reliability is only as great as the information fed into it. That's a campaign promise. Tell us the truth. Tell us the truth. We mandate that the truth be told. You're hearing it. TNT. All right. Welcome back to State of the Nation. Our first guest, he's a friend of the show, and he's uh, recently penned an article basically explaining why the media, the fourth estate, can no longer be trusted. And I, I, I would only add <laughs> I don't know that it ever could have been, but it, once upon a time, it was a little bit more unbiased than it is now. I guess we can chalk that up to TDS. Peter Roth joins us now. And Peter, I must say, I saw the study that you were referring to. Syracuse University's Newhouse School of Public Communications basically says that, uh, well, journalists tend to be Democrat and they tend to think liberal. And even those that don't self-identify as liberal Democrats will chalk themselves up as independent, which is code for I'm a Democrat, but I promise I won't be a partisan here. Uh, what what do, you, what do you think of it, Peter? Welcome to the show. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm speaking to you from the parking lot of a well-known fast food chain in Northern Virginia because traffic being what it is, um, I couldn't make it back uh, to my home studio in time, and I want to apologize to you and to our viewers and listeners 
that I'm not audio video today. I, I apologize. That's but right. having said that, because you know what? The media should apologize when they're wrong. And I'm the media. And in this case, I'm wrong. So I'm apologizing. Now, as to that? the other point, um, that what you what you didn't what I didn't hear you repeat is that only three point four percent of the more than one thousand journalists who participated in that study said they were Republicans. Now, I don't know any place in America where there, there are probably more Republicans in the Harlem section of New York and the Watt section of Los Angeles than there are identified in that survey. That really ought to tell people something, that, yeah. that the people that you look to, not, not the TNT audience, but mainstream America, that the people that you look to to provide you with an unbiased opinion or an unbiased analysis or just unbiased reporting of the events that shape your life don't share your views. Yeah, yeah. And Peter, as a journalist, I mean, uh, I can relate to this, but I, I want to hear your, your answer to this. How difficult does that make your job? How difficult does this environment, you know, how badly does it treat people like you and your colleagues who are, you know, have your own biases, but, you know, talk about them. You know what I mean? You do journalism when, and when, punditry. When I, when, when I worked for United Press International in the Washington Bureau, there was a crusty old print guy who had, who was a former New York Timesman who was our Washington bureau chief or our White House bureau chief, I don't remember which, who one day looked at me and said, what the hell's the matter with you? When I was your age, the best and brightest guys like you were all Kennedy Democrats, and they were all, they were all about the promise of opportunity in America, and now you guys are all all these right-wing Bush Republicans and, you know, what, what, what the hell's wrong with you? And I just, I just smiled and I said, nothing. I just, and I don't think of myself as a right-wing Bush Republican. I just, I am a Republican and I just happen to think that, 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 that the Republican policy agenda is better for America than what the liberals are offering. But I try to, you know, I try just to call balls and strikes in my reportage and my analysis. And I challenge you to show me where I'm not. And he couldn't do it. But life is very uncomfortable. Life is very uncomfortable for 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 most people in a situation like that where you're where where you gotta, you know, where you gotta either shut up or or be comfortable standing on your principles. And my parents taught me to do that. So um it, it wasn't hard for me, but it's hard for a lot of other people. And it's hard to get hired. You know, because yeah. these are the I, people who are doing the hiring. And Peter, you know, they want to hire them themselves. So, you know, they want diversity, yeah. but they want they want the diversity um, only on skin color and gender and who you sleep with. They don't want the diversity between various religious denominations and they don't want the diversity of thinking, which is the most important thing. Because as, as George Patton famously said, if everybody's thinking the same, then nobody's thinking. Yeah, good point. Peter Roth, listen, we're going to take a quick break just for a headline. But when we get back, I want to I want to ask you about this. You can think about this while we're on the break here. 
obviously there's a problem in journalism in mainstream journalism, whether it's print journalism, whether it's uh, uh, you know, video networking, network news or what have you. Uh, but doesn't this really point to a problem at journalist schools and higher education? We'll touch that, touch on that on the other side of the break. Our guest is Peter Roth. We'll be back with him after this short headline on State of the Nation on today's News Talk. Real news. TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. U.S. State Department spokesman Matthew Miller indicated that American military support for Ukraine might eventually reduce especially once Ukraine becomes self-sufficient. Oscar Pistorius, the former Paralympian convicted of murdering his girlfriend Reva Steenkamp in 2013, was released on parole from prison in Pretoria, South Africa on January 5, 2024, after serving half of his 13-year and five-month sentence. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT radio. Okay, we are back with Peter Roth on State of the Nation. Peter, before we were uh, take, took the break for that headline, I'd made mention of the fact that uh, it's no wonder that the fourth estate is littered with liberals and progressives and basically uh, narrative pushers and agenda seekers uh, from the from the print to network news. But isn't that really more of a problem of the fact that these journalism schools, be they Columbia or wherever, they themselves are utterly litter- littered with progressives. So, I mean, you know, it's like you go into the machine and you come out certified, you know, uh, prime uh, progressive. And that's where you're at. And then all of a sudden you get a gig at uh, MSNBC or the New York Times or yeah, Washington Post. Yeah, but, but but you know, that's an easy answer. And I think I think there's a much more complicated solution. Um, first of all, where the journalism schools fall down most, in my judgment, isn't in their teaching it's in their setting of standards you know when 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 they when they try to police the industry with their magazines and their articles and their seminars and 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 their other things they're focused on the wrong things they're not focused on objectivity they're not focused on um understanding data points they're focused on the right way to cover climate change or the right way to cover diversity or the need for inclusion in your newsroom and not how to analyze crime statistics correctly or how to understand federal spending or the federal budget process so that you can accurately explain when the budget's being cut and when they're just cutting the rate of increase, you know, these kind of nuances. So that's that's the first problem. The second problem is there are too many people out there who think the best way into journalism is by going to J school. Don't go to J school. Major in history. Major in English. Learn to use the English language. Learn to write learn to research and then go to work for a newspaper yeah or you know don't even go to college at all and go to work for a newspaper if you can find yeah. one that's hiring 
or go to work for a radio station or go to start your own news gathering operation. Learn, you know, the, 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 the importance is the process, the, the news gathering process, the news writing process, the news editing process, the news marketing process. That's that's really what's important. And that's stuff that you, you, know, you used to be able to read for the law. I think in Virginia, you can still read for the law. You don't have to go to law school. You just read the law books and take the bar exam and you're a lawyer. Same thing in journalism. Just go out and do it. Yeah, it's never Assemble been easier. Clips. Now. Yeah, it's never yeah. been easier. And and you know, if you if you want to be a news writer, commit yourself to fairness and objectivity, and making phone calls and getting comments from both sides and trying to keep your own bias out of it. But you know, the bias starts with story selection. It doesn't it doesn't start with how a story's covered. It starts with story selection, whether a story's covered or it's not. You know, that's where the bias starts. So yeah. start, you know, start with that and work your way forward and assemble clips and show that you know how to do the job and maybe you can actually get hired on someplace doing this for yeah. a living because it's a great way to spend your life writing the first draft of history it's a great way to spend your life especially if you're committed to doing it honestly and with integrity and yeah yeah, yeah. am am i am i a am i a political conservative yes do i write opinion columns that are conservative yes but before i did that I had to write news analysis and I had to write news stories and book reviews and feature feature items where I tried to push my politics out of the stories so I could accurately represent what was going on at a particular event and how different people who mattered thought about it. And yeah. if you can train yourself to do that, you could have a great life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Peter, I think that uh, for me, one of the big takeaways from this conversation um, dovetails right into something that I talk about a lot, which is reclaiming the narrative from corrupted sources, from cartels, from infotainment and propaganda cartels. That's the, that's okay. what drove me into this swim lane. You know, I have no background. I have no education. My education is in computers and and this sort of thing you know it management but i found myself in this because i felt a passion after being lied to by the mockingbird media so many times so uh the big takeaway is well, you, you, like do well. Said, you do it well you do you do it well well thank you i very much appreciate that it's it's um Absolutely. it's a craft that has had to be self-learned and learned from hanging out with wonderful people like my colleagues here at today's news talk and our guests and peter we're just about out of time yeah. but i love the message today get out there and do it yourself because we can't trust the mass media cartel uh peter any final words as we sign off here yeah don't believe the washington post there you go <laughs> <laughs> I love there you it. go perfect there they you never go. publish right. me anyway so who cares that's right. Absolutely. <laughs> so at the Roft Draft on Twitter and Truth Social is where you keep up with Peter. Get on over there and do it. You find all his articles, his writings, everything over there. Thank you so much, Peter Roth, for joining us right here on State of the Thanks, Nation. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. Talk. You Happy too. New Year, buddy. 
from weather and traffic reports to news of political developments. We turn to journalists for the information we need to live our daily lives. Journalists around the world provide the news that is essential for democracy, for personal freedom, and for safety and stability. Yet their ability to report freely and safely is under attack like never before. So many journalists are paying with their lives. They face exponential risks and they've already paid a heavy toll. Death threats, online harassment, and physical attacks are becoming a daily experience of journalists in all countries. We just want people to be safe, to be able to get our readers the information that they need to make informed decisions. They checked my phone and realized that it was Pegasus. I feel myself like I'm naked at the street. These charges were politicized from the start. Facts win. Truth wins. Justice wins. C'est énorme pour moi d'être là, d'être libre. Surtout que je m'y attendais pas du tout. Stand with the free press. Stand with journalists whose reporting won't be silenced. Press freedom is your freedom. For them. We are here for you. Find free care guides at aarp.org slash caregiving. The conversation continues with Brian McLean and Steve Hook at State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. Well, oddly, uh, Biden says his favorite memory of 2023 is the economy improving. Um, yet we see rumblings of massive layoffs coming this year. We see the New York Times shills defending Bidenomics ahead of the 24 election. And the U.S. national debt tops $34 trillion for the first time in U.S. history. So the gaslighting by the government and the mass media cartel is set to a full spinal tap 11. Um, and Edward Dowd, author of Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022, is joining us now to discuss some of these things. Ed, it's great to have you back on State of the Nation. Um, what do you think about Biden and his claims about his favorite memory? I didn't even know he had any memories of 23 at this point. Uh, I don't pay attention to what comes out of his mouth. He's not in charge. We all know that. Um, it's being run by shadow people, you know, most likely Obama and the the past administration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah, abundantly clear. It is. It is. It is amazing that he says his greatest memory of twenty twenty three. I don't. I. I don't know what he's remembering. I'm trying to think what what could he possibly be remembering, Ed, that would. Uh, lead him to make such a statement. I mean, I know it's BS, but uh, it, it, Hesh says gaslighting. Is it just simply a case of gaslighting? Is that what he's doing? Well, <clears throat> he doesn't remember anything, actually. His handlers wrote that for him, and it's gaslighting of epic proportions. I mean, the economy is currently 
a gaslight operation. The only thing holding this up at the moment is government spending, and that can't last forever. And it's going to get bad in 2024. The, the goal of the administration is to hold this thing up into the elections. I suspect they're going to fail at that effort because uh, the timing is such that it's not going to benefit them when when uh, the effects of the interest rate hikes roll through the economy in a devastating way. Yeah, and this $34 trillion debt, I mean, this this is approaching, I mean, it's gone beyond the pale at this point. They're saying payments are expected to triple from nearly $475 billion in 22 to $1.4 trillion by 32. And by 53, the interest payments are projected to be Five point four trillion. Is this even realistic? Is this economy could it even make it to to fifth to, to the year twenty thirty two? I mean, what do you think about this? No, so something has to change. The in the last three months, we added a trillion to the deficit. So what's going on here is the government spending is the only thing going on right now, and it's it's becoming exponentially quicker the more we add debt in a very short period of time. So we're in an exponential blow off top in government debt. Capital markets will not uh, allow that to go on too much longer. And the Fed just basically signaled a, a pivot. Uh, and traditionally speaking, when you when you after years of zero interest rates, they then hiked 550 basis points from zero, the fastest rate increase ever in the history of the Federal Reserve, the rate of change was phenomenal. And what propagated that was the, the free COVID money in 2020. And 18 months later, it's usually an 18 month lag on monetary uh, changes. About 18 months later, inflation took off in the middle of 2021. They started raising interest rates. And then we had a whipsaw in money supply. It actually went from its highest ever to its uh, lowest in the, since 1930, as measured by year over year growth rates in M2, the money supply. And so that went negative in November of 2022. And again, I said there's a there's an 18 month lag. Well, guess what? Uh, 18 months is May of this year. We all know the real economies in the in 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 the tank. Uh, the GDP last quarter was about four plus percent. If you take out the government uh, transfer payments and stimulus, it was minus one. So anybody who's paying attention knows we're real economy wise things aren't good. Massive layoffs are coming. Newsweek, no friend of, of, of the alternative media has even announced, you know, uh, epic layoffs coming. And we can all feel it. We can all sense it. We can see economic activity around the country slowing down. We, anybody looking for a job is not going to find one. It's, it's really tough out there right now. We know it. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Ed, because as we talk about the economy, I think it's worth pointing out that both China and Russia have dumped the U.S. dollar as currency of choice. Uh, given this prolific spending and this basically just attempted uh, at kind of shaping the narrative that the economy is good and uh, believe Bidenomics because uh, it's my greatest memory of 2023, how well we've done. Are we at risk of the U.S. dollar basically falling off uh, the cliff and no longer being used as the world currency exchange? Because uh, China and Russia are certainly pushing us in that direction, and Biden and his team doesn't seem in any hurry to to change anything here. Well, it's a good news, bad news situation. The bad news is you're correct. The uh, China and Russia are publicly disparaging the dollar, which they didn't do in the past. 
Um, it's going to take time for them to get off the dollar system because uh, of all the debt and, and leverage that they've built up in, in, in the debt-based system. So for them to get off the dollar, if they were to do it tomorrow, they would have a deflationary recession, potentially depression. So uh, the good news is uh, they're kind of still addicted to the dollar. The bad news is they're, they're eventually wanting to get off the dollar. So long-term, this is a problem. Short-term, I don't, I don't see them doing anything drastic uh, to get off the dollar very quickly because it, 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 would, it would cause an economic implosion for themselves to do that. Yeah. yeah. And Ed, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned the Newsweek article um, in that article. Uh, again, massive layoffs are coming in 2024. They're saying that uh, they did a survey and they found that four in 10 companies said they're likely to have layoffs, uh, prompting increase of recession and all this. But when asked um, why the companies were engaging in layoffs, um, half said they were anticipating a recession. And then like four in 10 said they're doing layoffs um, to replace workers with artificial intelligence. And the, you know, tinfoil lining in my hat has me asking, you know, is, is this a, um, a side effect or a primary goal of sort of a great reset sort of world that we're going into here where it's like the economy could bounce back, but then those jobs are still going to be gone because the ultimate goal of replacing a lot of human workers with AI will have been achieved and perfected while the economy's bad. Yeah, so what I think is gonna happen, and we just I just dropped an inflation report on Twitter literally minutes before coming on here. And in the report, uh, you know, they, they we had unprecedented inflation uh, from the COVID stimulus. They didn't raise interest rates. Now they're causing a deflation scare. And that's gonna cause, um, you know, economic uh, activity grind to a halt. And they're probably going to pivot, start cutting interest rates. And eventually, the policy response is going to be QE again. And I'm guessing they may introduce some new tools like uh, yield curve control, uh, CBDCs, and universal basic income. And right now, they can't uh, uh, implement a CBDC across the board. So what they'll do is, if you're starving and unemployed, and you take the universal basic income, you'll have to accept the CBDC. So it's like, a, it's, I think that's how they're gonna try to implement this. And I, that is so quick, quick, sorry, Steve, quick follow-up. And I assume that the next thing, the next thing that falls in for those people that are experiencing that trouble and need the CBDC will be a digital ID. That's one of the other pillars of this Correct. whole new system, right? And then eventually the, the, the end game plan is for these technocrats and bureaucrats to have total control over your whole life because there's something wrong with these people. They're control freaks. They think they have a, a pulse on what's best for humanity. They're unelected and they're in a cult. It's, I, I think it's a death cult, personally. Um, if you want to reduce all the, if you want to get rid of all the carbon-based energy like oil and natural gas, you literally, you will starve billions of people. That's, that's, that's that's what happens. Yeah, and that's why you call it a death cult because, and I, I tell you what, Ed, if you if you listen to them in their unguarded moments, they will basically admit that oh, well, the planet's just too populated. We need to do something. I mean, good God, if the COVID vaccine didn't work, we got to do something. I mean, I, I'm being a little bit hyperbolic here, but it, it it certainly is true that I was just reading a story the other day that uh, millennials and Gen Zers 
are looking for what they, I think, euphemistically refer to as lazy girl jobs. So what COVID did was it got an entire generation or two used to the idea of sitting in front of their computers at home and just mailing it in and doing their hours whenever they feel like doing them. If they, oh, I want to party uh, tomorrow, so I'll double it up uh, the next day. And and that's what that's kind of where these younger generations are shifting to this kind of mindset and this mentality. How do we shake that? Yeah, there's definitely some problem with the younger generations, but the good news is there's also a, a sense amongst a lot of them that something's super off. And, you know, the good news is the millennial parents of the Gen Z uh, folks, um, children tend to not want to do what their parents are doing. So there's a lot of resistance to the millennial mindset, which is good. So there may be, you know, the generational cycles where, the, the 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 kids of the millennials look at their parents and think they're morons. Well, let's hope that happens. Uh, um, but I will say also what's going on is a lot of these corporations have found that remote workers are not as productive as those in offices. So there's like this shift back to coming into the office. I know Wall Street's already figured out that's a losing game and they're demanding people come back into the office and Wall Street usually leads the rest of the corporate world. Um, but the other problem we have is we have um, a lot of disabilities from the vaccine injuries that are, that are causing a labor shortage. So it's going to be, even though we're going into a recession, there's still not going to be enough workers and the, and the Federal Reserve are going to think that employment's still good and it's not going to be. It's, it's going to be bad. They're working off bad numbers, you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. They kept no, interest I'm... rates too high for too long, not under, understanding that there's a lot of people who can't work. About three uh, three and a half, uh, four million uh, people since the COVID vaccines, which is if you've got a hundred million full-time job uh, people in this country, that's uh, it's three and a half percent on the margin. That's a lot. Yeah, 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 it is. And Ed, I'm glad you brought that up because I've been noticing an uptick in sort of nudges towards uh, returns to COVIDian protocols, rumblings of new variants, uh, this kind of stuff. And we're seeing a massive amount of money being put into advertising by Pfizer and the like, getting NFL stars, getting, you know, pop musicians, all this stuff, big $20 million checks to come on there and tell people to go get, go get boosted and this and that, and kind of carry the, the, the grift on here. I mean, what do you, how do you think this is going to play out in 2024 and how can that affect the problem that you're just outlining? Well, so what's going on is absent and rates and work time lost exploded in 2022. We'll get the 23 numbers soon. And I think it probably went up again. So you have people that didn't, you know, die from the va vaccine or get disabled who are now what we call injured. Not everybody, but a lot of people are injured, meaning their immune system has been compromised and they're chronically sick. And so that's why this, you know, as we hit winter, all the protocols come back because these people that are jabbed to the health keep getting sick. And they keep thinking, you know, more of the same is going to help. So the, the, the Pfizer's of the world are taking advantage of that class of people. The good news is this booster uptake is way down. Pfizer's stock is in the tank. Moderna's stock is in the tank. So the good news, I think word of mouth is spreading, but there's still this crazy uh, cult-like uh, COVIDian folks that just keep doing more of the same. And unfortunately, unless they wake up, they're, they're going to permanently impair their health and or die. And as sick as it sounds, that may have been the plan all along. I mean, I hate to even say that, but it's just, I mean, I, I, I try and, 
kind of quote unquote follow the science and the science is not good for these damn jabs and you're right ed nobody i don't know i can't I, anecdotally of course i can't name one person that's got every single booster that has been recommended but to hesh's point this isn't stopping them from spending the money to uh to, to get as many as they can i'm wondering if the if if people have woken up to it and said, you know what, a, a pox on all your houses, I don't believe you about the border, I don't believe you about foreign policy, I don't believe you about the economy, and I sure as hell don't believe you about COVID. You think we've kind of reached the tipping point on the uh, on the gullibility here of people? Uh, I think so, and it's becoming so hard for them to hide the truth on so many issues. If, if I meet someone in the streets and they think the, the border's fine, the economy's fine, and uh, they're getting their next COVID booster. I, I I can't take them seriously because it's anybody who's got two brain cells can see that Ukraine war was a grift, complete grift. It's naked. It's in our face. The uh, economic numbers are garbage. It's mostly government spending. The, the the you know the people that continue to take the COVID shots they they don't realize, but they shifted their own uh, goalposts. They went from it prevents COVID and transmission to well it prevents serious hospitalization, which is, is not a thing, and there's no studies on that, they just made that up. So, you know, as time rolls forward, more and more people are gonna see that most everything they've been told is a lie. I mean, we, we, we're it's full spectrum deception. Everything that's coming at us is garbage. I mean, mainstream media is just a joke. I mean, it's not even credible. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's exactly Very what we bad. were just talking about. Yeah, we, we just had a great uh, conversation with Peter Roth about that. I mean, the the journalism industry is uh, scarcely even able to be called journalism at this point after the the numerous grifts and scams and psychological operations that <laughs> they have been pushing. And you know, it's funny because they they shut you down during COVID. They shut so many people down, stifled their voices. And it was like, oh, well, that's because this science is settled. That's because we're doing good journalism here. And these people are just disinformation, crazy people. I'm sorry, conspiracy people? No, look at the conspiracies that the mainstream media put out there. I mean, Ed, uh, in our final uh, minute here, they said that these things were safe, effective, and necessary. And they said if you took it in your body, you would not get any positive tests on their shady or transmit it or transmit it i mean what an insane grift what an insane conspiracy theory uh take us out your thoughts in about a minute here yeah I'll, i will say that's that that is the biggest lie safe and effective and this is going to be uh with us for years to come and the economy is about to implode all the lies are going to be coming out in 2024 and the good news is people like you me uh uh, the two of you and others are waking up. And I feel like our numbers are growing exponentially as more and more people are seeing something's not right here. Yeah, absolutely. Something is very, very not right here. They lied, people died.com. And of course, pick up Cause Unknown, the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022. You really need to have this on your coffee table and have lots of guests over. Have it out prominently. It's made for starting discussion and keeping the thoughts and the brain cells rubbing together because that's what we got to do because we certainly can't rely on this mass media cartel. Ed Dowd, thank you so much for joining us here on State of the Nation. We always appreciate your time, your input, your expertise, and we'll look forward to seeing you again real soon. 
Happy right, New guys, Year. Thank you. Happy All New Year. right. Stay tuned for the second hour of State of the Nation coming up after these headlines from today's news talk. <laughs> 